Summer is just about here, which means it's time to start barbecuing again. Whether you're going to the beach or having a small cookout in your yard, Charbroil has a grill to fit your needs. If you use our link, you can get a Charbroil one-burner portable grill for just over $100, and it's perfect for wherever you need to cook. It's convenient and portable, and works just as well in the backyard as it does on the go. Just go to multipleworldproductions.com sponsors, and use our link to shop all the great products Charbroil has to offer. If you wanted to watch HBO, if you wanted to watch Cartoon Network, if you wanted to watch their originals, all of that comes from HBO Max. Oh, that was on HBO Max. Um, and for what it was, HBO Max was one of the better streaming services. It was easy to use, it had a great interface, and you know, all of that. It's like, I think that even more so than Disney Plus, it's easier to use, and I think that it had the best use case for casual viewing besides Hulu. Um, so then Warner Brothers gets bought, they, they announced this and they're planning to release it. <coughs> and Warner Brothers gets bought out by Discovery. And, okay, so Warner Brothers is, you know, now, or they got sold off and, or they acquired Discovery and then when they spun out the company into a new company, Discovery took over operations from then on. Um, that's when we entered the current situation we're in with Victor Zaslav, uh, currently running the company. Um, now, Discovery had their own streaming service. They had Discovery Plus, which was a $5 a month service that gave you access to the Discovery suite of things. It gave you TLC. It gave you Food Network. It gave you HGTV. Uh, I think Bravo's included in there, um, or, or A&E, one of those two, um, Allegedly, the History Channel should be in there. Animal Planet should be in there. Um, but, whatever. So, the announcement comes that they want to merge these two services into one mega service. Into what is now called Max. And Max is now the app that, you know, the one you should be watching. That's what they call, that's what the tagline is. And then it's also the tagline, that's the one you should, the one you watch for HBO. And it's like... So you drop the HBO. Now, I think I've addressed this before with the, uh, on, on 30 Minute Reviews or, or on Exploring Hyperspace Lanes, I talked about this, where it's like, I understand the thought process behind dropping HBO from the name. Because it's also the streaming home of Sesame Street, and it's also the streaming home of Cartoon Network, which is like Teen Titans Go, and, you know, older shows like Dexter's Lab and stuff like that. Now, if you want to sell a parent who may not be well-versed in this, they may be averse to picking up the app because it has HBO in the title, because HBO is, by and large, more targeted toward adult audiences. And if they're going to put children's, program on it, children's programming on there, there is the concern, and the same thing applies for the Discovery programming, um, that if you, you 
you know, if you have that on there. There's also the chance that by putting the Discovery program on there, you run the risk of diluting the brand of HBO, although it seems the idol is doing that anyway, so what's the big worry anyway? Um, but look, if you're going to try and sell someone to watch, like, this is the screaming home of Sesame Street, then you, I think dropping the Max isn't the the HBO is not the worst idea. Do I think the show has gone with Max as the name of the streaming service? No, that was dumb. Uh, but... I, I, just, I understand the thought process behind dropping the HBO. Um, maybe there could have been a different name they could have gone with, but not. They, they, they didn't handle this right at all. Um, but the thing I want to talk about is um, we are aware of the content that they have through HBO and HBO Max Originals and, and all of that. There are a few other baffling things about this that I'm like, why, why is this? You know, why is this a thing? This guy... I don't know what maneuver he pulled that he ended up driving into the pole like that at a 90 degree angle. Unless he was turning and his wheel locked. Anyway, um, so, regardless, we have a situation where, um, he's now blocking the road in that direction, so that's great. Um... So look, we have this situation where um, you have this new streaming service, and I wanted to check out the depth of what was in the Discovery, because here's the thing about Discovery. Um, I'm a fairly big fan of a good amount of what's on Discovery. Um, I, I enjoy watching the Food Network, and I enjoy watching HGTV. A lot of it makes really great ambient noise, and the reason for that is it's, it's inoffensive, it's not designed to... Uh, make people upset. It is just purely designed to entertain in the most purest sense of the term. And it, it's why when you go to a doctor's office, nine times out of ten, you'll be watching Love It or Listed or something of that nature. I mean, even Love It or Listed is a little bit too confrontational. You would think they would go with something like, um, what's it called? Something like, uh, like House Hunters, but they can't control what's on HGTV. But either way, that's running on there. And I, so, the, the merger was something that for me, I was like, oh, this is good. I like, I, I, like if I'm paying nothing extra and they're going to give me more, I'm not going to argue about it. I'll, I'll, you know, I may use some of this. And I did last night while I was working um, on um, We Are Better Than Our Worst Instincts, I was watching House Hunters. Um, just on, you know, it's probably one of the House Hunters collections. But there are a few baffling decisions that went into this new app's interface. Number one, I'm fairly certain that Discovery owns History Channel and Animal Planet and, like, Destination Television, or, like, whatever the Travel Channel became. Like, they own all of those, yet none of that content is on there. Um, a lot, and, and the selection of what content is on there is a little baffling at times. So, like, for example, like, the, using Food Network... Uh, Cuthbert Kitchen, which was a show that ran for, I want to say, like, two years with Alton Brown, um, is, uh, it's a show where it's like, you have to cook, but there are also these things that will be handed out throughout the thing that you can give to other people if you spend money or if you do something, like, it was just weird, and they're all meant to hamper, you know, the other people around you, so, like, he had, like, like, one of the things he gave out was, like, spreader bars, and it's like, this guy's definitely a dumb, and he had these laying around his house. Either way, so he's got, he's doing shit like that, and that show ran for, like, two years, and is on the service. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. 
Yet, you know, Everyday Italian, which is Giada De Laurentiis' cooking show that ran for years, is not on there. Um, what was it? The, uh, the, the Barefoot Contessa, which is Ina Garden's cooking show, is not on there either. Um, all 500-something episodes of Beat Bobby Flair are on there. Um, and, you know, like, it, the, the issue is, I'm, I'm seeing this trend, and this is what, this is my problem, I think, with a lot of what Warner Brothers has been doing since Zaslav took over. If it predates Zaslav, it's not on the streaming service. If it's something that he didn't approve of, it's not, it, and it's a weird thing, because I don't think the CEO of Warner Brothers is sitting there manually approving every single thing going on there, but it's just this really weird situation where it's like, if they're not on there, it's not being approved. Like, even like the House Hunters stuff, there's like 500 episodes of House Hunters, but House Hunters ran for a long-ass time, because I'm 29 years old, and I was watching House Hunters as a kid. Like, I was watching House Hunters when I was, you know, five, six years old, in the early 2000s, and it, it only goes up to 2015, and granted, they did a fuck ton of episodes between 2015 and now, um, but that still doesn't feel quite right. And the other shows that are on are all that same kind of format. Or it's other things like... Now, I think HGTV has gotten away with not falling into the kind of, you know, this is the, the new format. Like, if you look at Food Network, everything's a competition show with the exception of, like, The Kitchen, with the exception of Mary Berg's show and Molly Ye's show. Um, it's mostly all competition programming. Um, because again, you don't have to pay, you know, you don't have to pay as many people, you don't have to pay writers, you don't have to pay anything like that. But looking at it like this, if we look at it this way, and, and, and disregarding the fact that the interface is just so much worse, the hubs are gone, and you have to like scroll down half the page, and you have to find the channel you want, um, or you gotta search what you're looking for, like TCM is like buried, and I'm like, why the fuck are you burying TCM? It is, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is yet another example of this new regime at Warner Brothers having its expertise in one specific thing and not doing it elsewhere, not knowing how to get into other aspects of the business. It's like back last year when they, or early this year, when they were going to cut the, uh, the diversity and inclusion initiatives and the, um, and the, the pipeline projects, like the, the writer's pipeline, the director's pipeline, or, or the workshops, they're not pipelines, they're workshops, where it's like you... You write a spec script for Warner Brothers. They send you send it in, uh, and they will you will go out to live in LA and learn to be a writer for Warner Brothers, like that kind of thing. They wanted to cut those programs um, after people had already submitted their stuff and spent the time writing it and editing it and all of that. Um, and it's like, look, I I don't quite. You know, and, and, and the issue was, it's like, that was contractually obligated by the WGA um, to the, you know, the, the that is a contractual requirement of the AMTP, AMTPT, um, or whatever. So like, they, they cut that without really thinking about what, like, do we have to have this? Yes, we do. Like, legally, we have to have this. And then the same thing happened with the launch of Max, where they consolidated producers, writers, and um, directors into one category, creators, and the DGA and the WGA had put out this joint statement saying, like, hey, you can't do that 
there are contractual rules about what constitutes a director and what constitutes a writer. You can't just consolidate it all into director and call it a day, uh, into, into creator and call it a day. That's not how this works. And it does work in reality TV, you can do that, but not in, what's it called, not in, uh, in movies and, 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 and scripted television. So again, I think this is just like, this feels like a decision that's made based on a company that doesn't know how to run this side of the business, which is weird considering how much this side of the business is impacting. And look, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't like living in a world where a regime change can lead to the availability or lack thereof of various, um, what's it called, of various media. I don't like living in a world where, you know, because it came out before Zaslav took over, it's just not there. And maybe it is something where, like, they were pumping out so much shit on these channels. Like, they were they, like, they were doing so many cooking shows and so many... But no, it wasn't a one-time run and then you never saw it again. They always aired it in reruns. Um, so, it's not even like it could be that. Um, it's just an, a, a decision I'm not overly keen on. And this is coming the same week that Disney Plus is removing, you know, it has removed a bunch of movies and TV shows and so has Hulu. And it's like, why, why is that? You know, it's this weird question of should, you know, media preservation, is, is media preservation important? And not just preservation in terms of is the studio going to keep it, you know, well maintained on their end. It's, will it be available for people to watch in the future? Because, you know, we hear people all the time. We sit here and talk about people like, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino, his, his famous quote, I didn't go to film school, I went, I went and watched films. It's, you know, that's how people learn to make movies. It's you, you pick up a visual language by watching movies and seeing what you like and what you don't like. And it's, it's a key part of the process, is discovering various things. And if we're going to have it where, like, if you go on any of the streaming services, with the exception of HBO Max, HBO Max is relatively good at this, if you go on the streaming services and try to find old movies, and, and the only reason it, um, HBO Max has it is because of TCM. Um, if you go on to them, you will see very few old movies. And when I say old, I mean older than 2000. It is very rare that you see older movies. Especially considering all the streaming services have original content they're trying to promote because they want you to get your eyes on the original content. And if, you, if we look at it through that lens, it's just kind of weird situation where if we talk if we're talking media preservation and, and and access to media this should be a priority but it's not because there's no financial incentive to it there is no one who's going to be like well I can't watch all the thin man movies on demand so I'm going to do this or it's like I like I have said it multiple times on here if you're going to watch a movie um, that should be remade now almost 100 years later It'll be a hundred years by the end of this decade. Um, go back and watch, or is the, was it 1929 that movie came out? I think it was. Um, it's a movie called The Roaring Twenties with James Cagney, and I think Humphrey Bogart's in it too. And what the movie's about is it's about this guy who goes to um, he, he goes he goes off to fight in World War One, comes back from the war, and can't get work, so he ends up bootlegging. And it's about his descent into crime, into bootlegging, because it, it, it's prohibition era. So it's about him descending into bootlegging and turning to crime because he has no help from Veterans Affairs. He has no help from 
anything like that. He's just kind of on his own. Um, and then it's, you know, what happens now that you have a criminal record and all of that. It is a great, what's it called? It is a great, uh, it's a great movie all around. I would highly recommend anyone watch it. Problem is, I don't know what streaming service it's on. And the other issue is, too, it's not even like if you know what studio it came out with, it came out with it, and it's in the recent history, you may not be able to find it. Because, like, last night I watched Into the Spider-Verse, um, because we're going to talk about it on, on 30-minute reviews this week, and w to, to find that movie on a streaming service, I was fortunate that I had bought the, uh, the Blu-ray back when it came out back in 2019, and... I, I had bought the... I'm lucky I bought the Blu-ray because I, I used the digital code to... I redeemed the digital code, and I had it in my Movies Anywhere account. But had that not happened, I would have just been SOL and had to go and find the Blu-ray. And same thing goes for Detective Pikachu, which we did on 30-minute reviews a few weeks ago. And it's just like... I, I just don't understand how it's like... These were two major, major releases that are just not available to watch on stream. And the same goes for Creed. I was gonna watch Creed and Creed 2 before seeing Creed 3 back in, in late February, and they weren't available on streaming except through TBS on uh, Hulu Plus Live TV. And at which point I'm just like, what the fuck? Why is this a thing? Like, why is this something that we have to deal with? I, I, I just don't get it. Um, like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And looking at it like that, and looking at it through this lens of, like, it's just gatekeeping content. It kind of makes me wonder why streaming is, people are so gung-ho about it. It's, yeah, it's convenient. It's convenient if you just want something to watch, and it's not something specific to watch, but if you want something specific to watch, if you're on a mission to watch something, it is not that helpful. Unless you know where it is. Because, like, I wouldn't watch La La Land a few weeks ago for, for 30 minute reviews, and I put up a review on mwpnews.com and for a rewatch. And I, I did that, and it was. What, what, like, it, it took me, you know, it wasn't on HBO Max, or was it HBO Max? It was still HBO Max at the time, and it was not on there despite Warner Brothers releasing it. You know where it was? Netflix. And I'm fortunate that I have both because Netflix is included in my T-Mobile subscription. But if it wasn't, that would be just SOL. And I wouldn't have, I would have had to find something else to watch. Um, also, I didn't seek out La La Land. I, I didn't turn it on to, to see La La Land since it was, you know, there. Um, but look, I, I, what we're looking at here is this. The, the, the situation is... It, we, we talk about, you know, things like, you know, censorship and all of that, and this is allowing, the, I, I mean, we see it with Disney already, because Disney hasn't released Song in the South in such a long time, which is probably for the best, but, you know, I can see both sides of the question on that, um, but the issue with this is, um, I, I don't quite understand, uh, we're looking at a, a point where something could not be available. Um, in the future, and it could just be, and we're seeing that already. Like, they're putting all this money into creating content, and the content is being taken down. Um, and if that's the case, if we're at this point where, you know, they're just going to make things, and if it doesn't catch on immediately, uh, pull it, then 
what's the point? It's like, that's the thing with, like, Willow. It's like, look, I didn't like Willow, um, the new TV show on Disney+. Plus. I wasn't a big fan. Um, I watched it, but wasn't a big fan. Um, and that show may have... Because I've seen bad first seasons for shows, and then the show picks up in season two. Um, and, and then it becomes great. Like, I didn't particularly care for the first season of Doctor Who of the reboot with Christopher Eccleston. But then I I loved season two. And, and you know, that could have been that show. Where it could have picked up in season two, and it could have been something great. But we won't get that chance. And the same goes for, like, you know, a show like National Treasure. Where it's like, you know, maybe season one was a little weak. They know what works now, and they have a chance to retool going into season two. And on network, it happens a lot. But now we're dealing with these shows that are ballooning up budgets comparable to major motion pictures, so it's not going to happen. Um, but that's a good place I need to wrap up for today. Um, we will be back later this week with a review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the upcoming uh, the movie that comes out on Thursday, in which... Um, Miles Morales faces off against tons and tons of Spider-Men and the spot in this weird multiversal story. We have, what was the other one? There's another movie. Oh, Past Lives. I think we could do Past Lives on Friday, assuming they're showing it at my movie theater. Um, I'm fairly certain they are. I'm not 100% though. Um, but yeah, that's a good question to wrap up for today. So until our next episode, which will be later this week. Um, I think we have, uh, oh, we're doing Being Mary Tyler more this week, too. Uh, so until then, have a great rest of your week. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our other shows. We have Beware of Spoilers, where we talk about new release movies. We have 30-minute reviews, where we talk about older stuff and current events in the entertainment industry. And we have Exploring Hyperspace Lanes, where every week Josie and I get together to talk about random stuff in our lives. And also, we rank and review everything Star Wars, old stuff, new stuff, all of it. And you can find all of these shows on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Or, to get it simply, you just go to BewareOfSpoilers.com, or ExploringHyperspaceLanes.com, or 30MinuteReviews.com, and it'll redirect you right to the Spotify page. Uh, thank you, and uh, thank you for enjoying our content.